0: We've sort of lived for these moments. We had Montreal last year, which was great, and and this year we we have Toronto, and you know I, I think uh, really and truly for the for the community it's it's going to be special. You have a, a, a massive fan base that have just grown to love the the atmosphere, the events, the, the all the players. They they really support support them. It comes across. Uh, with a, with a great atmosphere, uh, all the time. The whole march to the stadium and how they, they meet at one point, and then, and then they come in the stadium. So it's just, it's just fantastic. We're right in the heart of the city.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the newsroom here on Tuesday, May twenty-fourth, twenty twenty two. Christian Jack, Charlie O'Connor Clark joining you live from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Hope you had a lovely long weekend. Hello to Adam Jenkins. Happy Canadian Championship Day in the chat. He's right in there on pole position on the chat. Uh, great to see Adam in the chat as well. As we said, we are in Halifax, a show today where we we will look back on four games from the Canadian Champ- uh, Canadian Premier League and look ahead to four games in the Canadian Championship. Two today and two tomorrow, but we start here. Uh, Charlie, we've been in the city about 24 hours, and let me tell you, this city is captivated by this game tonight, happening live on One Soccer uh, against the Goliaths
2: of Canadian Soccer, Toronto FC. Yes, it absolutely is. I mean, we've spent some time walking around the city. There's Wanderers flags in almost every bar at the moment. It's incredible to see, you know, the way that the city is embracing the club, and just the how quickly tickets sold out for this game. So I think we're all expecting it to be unbelievable at Wanderer's Grounds tonight. Yeah, it will be that word
1: indeed. A reminder, kickoff is 6 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock local here in the Atlantic time zone. uh, Live on One Soccer. Uh, and as you alluded to, the atmosphere is going to be like unlike anything anybody's ever experienced uh, at the Halifax Wanderers grounds. It's been special, but talking to season ticket holders, talking to uh, fans and executives around this team, they know that tonight's going to be a little bit extra special, jam-packing yeah. as many people as they can possibly be allowed to get in there, um, you know, north of 6,500, no doubt about it, and, you know, undoubtedly the the, the, the biggest crowd in the Wanderers' Grounds, small, small history. Uh, coming up on the show today, we're going to hear from their captain, Andre said We're going to hear from the head coach, Stephen Hart. We're going to recap the four games. We're going to get some reaction from Forge. We'll bring in Mitchell on Forge as he continues to look ahead to the big game that they have also against MLS opposition in their rematch with CF Montreal coming up this week as well. Uh, we'll talk Cavalry and the Whitecaps. We'll get into their victory on the weekend, and boy, oh boy, a special story developing in Calvary with another late goal in that one. Uh, we'll bring in Benedict Rose later on as we uh, dissect the Ottawa win again. So we'll continue to fly high. Athletico Ottawa winning by two goals to one against FC Edmonton. And later in the show, uh, we will talk, be, talk, be joined by Alex Gange ruzic as well as we look back on the Pacific game against York United and look ahead to that. And by the way, our special <laughs> guest will also join us. We're hopeful of getting Nico Gianciopoulos on the show. And of course, what a weekend he has had playing for Pacific. Joining the White Caps and being back against Pacific again. And I think I said playing for Pacific. He's not doing that. He's playing for t- York. No. He's <laughs> not playing for three different teams in the weekend, just two after uh, Nico Giansopolos. Uh before we get to my interview with Andre Rampassed, though, let's dissect this game, Charlie. It is a game where Halifax are coming off a difficult loss. Uh, but it has to be said, Toronto FC are in a different zone as well, a rebuilding zone, no doubt about it, after it crumbled down and they built it back up. Bob Bradley has come in. Um, it seems like they are heading in the right direction, although it's a slow, gradual process. Um, they got a draw on the weekend. Jonathan Azorio's 89th-minute equalizer secured that draw. Uh, still only winners of 3 of 13, scored first just in 3 of 13. No clean sheets. In fact, their only clean sheet in the last 24 came against CPL opposition. That was against York United last year in this competition. So teams are scoring against them. Uh, and one that I think Halifax, of course, will not be favoured for, but will feel like they can have a go against Toronto FC in this one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think there are definitely you know, goals on the table for Halifax in this game, especially if they look to maybe win a ball and hit on counter-attack, which is something that Halifax already likes to do, in, even in the CPL, with the way that they play. So I think they're actually quite well-suited to maybe a game like this, where they can defend well, be very strong, as we've spoken about before, that midfield, we're going to hear from Andre Rampersad soon. Uh, he can win a ball in midfield, and he can spring a counter-attack. And they've got a little bit of pace, especially with the fullbacks and, and the front, front two or three in this team that can definitely hurt TFC and make them go on their back heels and, and maybe beat a defender or two and put one in the net. So I think that Halifax will feel that they can come out and just try to get the ball vertical, get it up the pitch and maybe see if they can find something from that. Any Toronto FC fans in the chat, let us know what your
1: thoughts are. You know, super confident, a little, you know, little trepidation. What let me let us know what you're thinking. Of course, Halifax and CPL fans as well. Um, it is a big, big couple of weeks uh, in Canadian soccer circles. CPL versus MLS three times this week, and of course, 4th of June will be Forge versus Toronto FC again. CPL versus MLS in the matchup to win the 2020 Canadian Championship in that one. Um, before, though, we continue to dissect this game, Way as I said, we have been in Halifax just over 24 hours, and yesterday we were at training, and we had a chance to catch up with a number of different players, and we'll start our preview here with my chat with their captain, one of the best midfielders and players in the Canadian Premier League. Here's the skipper, Andre Rampasad. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wanderers Grounds here in Halifax. Christian Jack alongside HFX Wanderers captain, Andre Rampasad, ahead of the game against
3: Toronto FC. Uh, It doesn't get much bigger than that, Rampy. How excited are you for this one? No, for sure. It definitely doesn't get bigger than this. Uh, Definitely excited after playing. You know, we played Montreal last year, and it it was definitely a big game, and another big game coming up on Tuesday for the boys. And yeah, I know uh, the younger guys would be eager to show themselves to to the world and to TFC and, and we're excited for that. You have a great record here at home. What is it about this place, this fans? We're
1: going to have close to 7,000 people packed in here for the match. What is it about this environment that gets you over the line in games?
3: Yeah, definitely the the fans are always there. Whether It doesn't matter what kind of weather it is, what, what day it is, they, they come out and they support us. And definitely they're the 12th man for us and they help us get over the line and... They suck it into the net sometimes from in the kitchen. You can hear them uh, cheering from on the TV all the time. They're so loud and, and we appreciate them a lot. You are the club's all-time leading
1: appearance uh, holder now. What is it about Halifax, what is it about the city that means so much to you and your family, Rampy?
3: Well, yeah, from the beginning, um, definitely they gave me my shot at, at 24, which is, which is very rare in, in the world of uh, sport these days. It's more younger guys that get the shot, so... They gave me my shot, a uh, professional debut and everything, so I really appreciate that from ever since, and it, it's always easy to come back to a place where, where they, they give you that opportunity. Now, this is the quarter-final of the Canadian Championship. You alluded to it, you played Montreal last year here,
1: almost into the 90th minute. You got, almost got them to penalties, two late goals, and you're just on the wrong end of it. What did
3: you learn last year as a group against an MLS team that you can go into this one to help you? It's just to stay focused throughout the, the 90 minutes, and. A lot of the times it happens when you lose focus against these teams because it, they're so sharp the way they train and, and because the level is a bit higher probably. Uh, yeah, so definitely that would be a thing for us to, to take into consideration even if we go up, you know, we, we have to stay stuck in, in, in the game and, and for that full 90 minutes. Couple more with Andre Rampes,
1: at the captain of Halifax Wanderers. What do you like about your team this year? You seem to be converting a few more chances, you got a lot more goals, you're dangerous from set pieces as well. How would you describe your plan this year as a team, as, a, as an outlook from
3: a tactical yeah, point? Yeah, just to go out and, and get the job done and, and know that we can win games because we have we definitely have the quality to do it and guys are expressing themselves more and they're more comfortable this year, obviously, and you know, different different tactics and stuff. So we, we just trust each other and, and hopefully we get the win in the end. Final one for you. You've had a long-standing relationship with your coach, Stephen
1: Hart. It's a big name in the Canadian soccer circle, former national team manager. I know how much he's going to love this as well. What does it mean to you guys to play for him on a big occasion?
3: Oh, definitely. I've been watching this guy on TV ever since I was small and he came to Trinidad and he coached Trinidad for a bit and we were doing well and all this. So I was always uh, eager to play under him and then... Obviously, I got my shot back in 2019 to play for him, and I'm still here, so it's it's definitely appreciated. And I know he's excited for us to to go show ourselves to TFC. Beautiful town, beautiful city, beautiful place to play. Uh, this is going to be a great day. Good luck, it Rampy. Is. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Great guy, you know. Andre Rampe yeah. said in in many ways, Charlie. I mean, we're going to get to the real Mister uh, Halifax Wanderer, Stephen Hart, I suppose. But from a player's point of view. It doesn't get any bigger than this guy, right? He's out there seemingly he's played every minute of every game so far. Uh again, he was in the competition, he was then the midfielding in Guelph. He is their leader in in so many ways, tactically and on and off the pitch.
2: Yes, he has. And he is just every year with this club, he plays so many minutes for this team. He's an absolute machine. I think that now that I think now that Terran Campbell's at Forge Ramperside is the the most uh games played with one CPL club, uh which is you know a testament to the commitment he's made to this club and to this city and just how at home he's become here and how important he is to them because he is again just such a such a force in that midfield for them and you know a, a lot of the things revolve around him and if he's on his game as he normally is then Halifax do have that dominance in midfield
1: Yeah, they certainly do. And uh, the man who's going to be coaching him tonight, Stephen Hart, he's got that relationship with him as well, with Trinidad. Uh, We were going to ask Stephen on to become on the the show live, and he would have done it, but instead we got him yesterday. Uh, It's an in-depth discussion, and I want to play it for you guys now. We'll be back to recap what happened with them on Friday, talk a little bit, Forge, uh, with Mitchell Tierney in a second. But before we do that, here's my sit-down interview uh, with the head coach, Stephen Hart. Joined by Halifax Wanderers head coach, Stephen Hart, Ahead of a monumental game, no doubt about it. No, Stephen, I mean, you've been coaching in a lot of big games in your life, but how special a one is this?
0: For Halifax? Serious. Very special. We had Montreal last year, which was great. And uh, this year we have Toronto FC, you know, so it's it's big for the fans. It's big for the club, big for the city.
1: What about your players? How big is it for them, particularly the reward for... Obviously, COVID times, not playing here a lot, and now obviously coming back here to play a big MLS team.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think it's one of those games that they they're looking forward to. And, and as I said in the last uh, press conference, if you're coming into this game and uh, you know don't an- anticipate the the challenge and want to test yourself against these players, then you're in the wrong profession.
1: Let's talk about your home form. I'll get to Friday in a second, but generally this is a very difficult place to come right before Friday I think you've only ever lost here four times in the league or by one goal um, what is it about this place what is it about this fan base this group of players that galvanizes on this pitch
0: yeah I think uh, you know it's it's a it's a different type of atmosphere the the fans can smell the players they're, they're, they're right on top of them um, it's like the old stadiums uh, used to be and uh, that that you feed off that that type of energy um, yeah, we've we've had a lot of good moments. You know, we've we've had some 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 bad moments as well. But that's football, and um, I, I think uh, once we once we continue to use this uh, this sort of advantage that we have with with calm minds, um, we should be okay.
1: What about this city, Stephen? Obviously, you know it better than most. Now, how much has it fallen and fallen for this club? I mean. They're captivated by this club many times, right? These players walk around this city and they're, they're recognized. How special is it for this city to wrap their arms around the club?
0: Yeah, it's love affair, really. Um, you know, what's, what's uh, surprising is yesterday I, I went for a drive uh, and um, I saw wondrous flags flying from people's houses and apartments. And, and you, 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 you know, you start realizing it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I, I do think it's a special love affair.
1: What about Friday then? Obviously, it didn't go your way. What, have, what has been the message to your team since? Obviously, you lost four 0 at home to Forge. You, you did make some significant changes, and you were pretty, uh, you know, I think pretty pointed with your comments after the game in terms of you know how disappointed you were with it. But what have you been working on since then?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, we, we we were in a situation where we felt we had to rotate the squad in order to have the proper, you know, sort of rest and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in in hindsight, maybe maybe too many changes, and um, and really and truly, you know, when I looked over the game again, in the first half we weren't bad at all. Mm-hmm. Actually, in the first ten minutes we should have been up to nothing, and and that's a different game, um, but we didn't, and we we sort of, of of lost our concentration. We should have we should have held it at at one zero for as long as possible, and and and. Uh, maybe just try to get ourselves back into the game instead of chasing it in the second half. Um, but, you know, that's on me. And uh, the, the reality is that the result is not is not coming back. So we learn from it and we move on.
1: Talking about learn from it, you had Montreal here last year, as you alluded to. You ran them really close. It was 1-1 heading into their stoppage time, and then they scored two late goals and just tipped the, the edge in their favour. Um, Is there things that you can take from that? Have you watched that again? Is there a message to your players that you learn from that?
0: I still still say, uh, and we were talking about this the other day, we lost Jake Ruby, our right back, and Corey Bent, our right midfielder, at the same time in that game, in the 86th minute, Mm. I think it was, or 84th to 85th minute. And if, you know, you make two changes on the right side, and if you look where the the goals came from... uh, We paid for it, and I still say if those two players weren't injured, we would have kept our balance, and we might have gone to penalties. It wasn't to be uh, two, two changes forced upon you not much you can do about it. I mean, I don't want to take away from the quality yeah. of Tabla, but uh, that had something to do with it, of
1: course. <laughs> Certainly, it's the rhythm of your team. A couple more with Stephen Hart here before we let him go. What about Toronto FC? I'm sure you've watched them. I know they've not got a lot of wins lately, but they're still a huge powerhouse, particularly in the Canadian soccer circles. What do you see from them? And now, you know, how interested are you to up against, go up against the like of Bob Bradley in this one?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I've followed Bob closely and of course, I know Paul very, very well. And uh, uh, you know the, the, both those guys will work with what they have they have a young team they're willing to build from that um, they know there's going to be to, to be good moments and they know there's go- there's going to be uh, moments of errors but they, they do have some attacking players that can that can cause a lot of problems and uh, they've got a classy midfielder that can that can move the ball around and and we know we've got to not let him have time to to, to do that but um, and, uh, and I'm sure they'll they'll be pre- as prepared as ever to play us. Final one with you, you talk about being
1: prepared. I saw some of your guys taking some great penalties there in training. I know it's a very different one, but uh, penalty shootout tomorrow night will be pretty special. Now, if you get to that point, How, how's your team looking from the spot?
0: I, I, I don't want to get to that point. <laughs> I want to be on top and uh, let TFC feel the pressure a bit. But uh, if, it go, if it goes to penalties, you, you, you as well as anybody else, know it's a, it's a coin toss. They just have to you know, make your mind up early, don't change it. And uh, just go for it. Win,
1: lose, or draw and get to penalties, Stephen. It's going to be a special night. No, close to 7,000 in here doesn't get much better than that for the yeah, city.
0: Yeah, I think the amount of people are here coming. I think these trees are going to be occupied with people. <laughs> Sounds great. Stephen Hart, all the best for tomorrow night. Thanks so much. Thanks very much. Nice to see you. You too.
1: True gentleman. A true gentleman of the game and uh, an honor to talk to him and, and spend some time with him. And I'm really delighted for him tonight. um Let's talk some Forge because Forge were here in Halifax on Friday night, Charlie, and came away with a record-breaking 4-0 win. Uh, No team has come here and dismantled that team in Halifax since the birth of the Canadian Premier League. Uh, You and I both watched this game. You and I both worked that game. Let's play the highlights. And what were your thoughts on this as you covered it for Camppl.ca? Yeah,
2: I think um, maybe first and foremost, it's uh, the kind of performance that Forge really needed especially going into some of these difficult games because they have been kind of missing that, that final third, uh, clicking as we've been saying for weeks on this podcast, they, they were missing that, like that final ball and stuff like this, like these balls, just across goal for just finding a player, these, these little touches, the finishing it's, you know, a moment that they needed for that confidence. Um, uh, but you know, as Stephen Harp said, like it four 0 might not be, you know, entirely fair considering especially how the first half went. I mean, there was arguably Halifax should have been up 1-0. There was one that Akeem Garcia had down the left side, and if he'd only squared it for Sam Salter, it's it's a completely different game at that point. But, you know, Forge, as they've kind of done a few times, I think they did it uh, against Halifax last season. You know, it takes a little bit of time sometimes, but they're just patient enough. The moment does come eventually, and then the floodgates are just open because they start to feel it. the confidence becomes way way higher you know the momentum is there and then they just pour on the goals You know, even the substitutes come in they get them so again this is something that forge have been looking for a game like this where they do really break out uh, and for it to come away from home is really really important as well for them because obviously you know they they have to go to Montreal tomorrow night which is never going to be easy so um uh, yeah I think it's it's a big one for forge uh Halifax as we've said though you know they were embarrassed by it, and they they were punched in the face by it, and now they they need that redemption game tonight. Yeah, at the end of the day, two goals from Davishonier and an assist, you know, a goal from yeah. Women's
1: Perseus, uh, a goal from Emery Welshman. You get the right guys scoring at the right time. The guys, right? They need, guys, they the need guys. They need chance scoring. creation. Bobby Smyrnios has been saying quite consistently, we need to convert our chances better. I thought Ajabrapor and Becca were tremendous in midfield. Both, by the way, yeah. in the team of the week, we're going to release that this afternoon as well. Um, uh, yeah. Before we get into that game and that rematch, we're going to bring Mitchell on for in a second against CF Montreal. Let's go back to the Wonders grounds and get some reaction. Here's goal scorer, Emery Walsh. Uh,
4: yeah, the the team
3: performance was what's important. Uh, coming into this, we needed three points. We were feeling a bit of the pressure, and we responded very well. The team came out with energy and aggressiveness, and I think that was the difference. The football was the same as we've been playing all year, uh, and. I think that's what was the difference the energy the aggressiveness and the commitment to the battle first the football showed itself on the field and we reaped the benefits of our performance uh, personally of course it's been a while since i scored a goal so that felt really good to get it um but again the three points was all that mattered to me
1: three points four goals happy for that man as well Emery welshman who's uh you know, can be ruthless and he needed that moment to get his confidence back. First goal of 2022. Let's bring in our correspondent Mitchell Tierney, who's all over Forge this week. He's our main man in charge of looking ahead to what they've got ahead of them. And uh, Mitchell, I know you work on your preview already, but you've got the teasers out already. A fantastic piece on camp.io.ca about the rematch that's come up again. And this is where we're at now in Canadian soccer circles. We're already talking about special rematches canadian championship you know the canadian premier league's barely four seasons old and we're getting spicy storylines but i uh, just uh set us up for what is a, a great game here and what you thought about to write about in terms of the rematch from what was a fantastic penalty shootout last year
4: yeah rematch revenge redemption all words that uh forge players have been using in in the build-up to this match and look i think by and large talking to the forge players they're really proud of what they did last season um uh, against a you know, solid Montreal team at home that narrowly missed the playoffs in, in MLS last year and obviously lifted the the Voyagers Cup a couple of months later. They were the better side by far. They felt they they should have won that match. And I think that's the the redemption they're talking about is the fact that they were so close to to picking up what would have been an absolute statement win um for them in that match. But David Chouinier and talking to him said it like at that moment they knew they could compete with MLS clubs and they've carried mm-hmm. that forward into CONCACAF League into CONCACAF Champions League in any big match they've played since like they go into these matches well prepared and also with that belief that they can beat anyone um so against the Montreal side this year that you know is is taking the next step in their evolution and are are probably better than they were at this point last year um yeah, in definitely. the competition uh <laughs> you know this is this is going to be a tricky match but they're certainly up for it
2: Yeah, no doubt. I think I don't think there's really much arguing that Montreal are the best of the Canadian MLS teams at the moment, Mm -hmm. certainly in current form. But, you know, Forge are a team that have valued redemption before. I think we think of, you know, the CONCACAF league runs, right? The first one, they go out in the second round the next year. They get so close to that Champions League qualification and it really, really stung them. Again, they go out on penalties to the Haitian club. And then the next year they come back and they they really march towards that uh, that semifinal, and they they get over that hump. So i I think Mitchell, you're absolutely right that that night against Montreal was the moment that Forge felt that they could truly beat anybody that they're going to play. Um, but it it feels like they're maybe picking up that confidence at the right time, right? You know, winning that game in Halifax. I think that was the exact game that they needed heading into this one as as well as some of the other difficult games down the stretch, right?
4: Absolutely, and you guys spoke about this, but just the rhythm of their attacking players and Schwannier, you know, who obviously might come face to face with his brother during uh, that match, and, and spoke at length about how important that will be to to him. But um, him having a couple of goals and and the the setup on the other goal, I mean, Wubin Spasius has been back in the goals again after a bit of a tough start to the season. So when you've got uh, Emery Walshman obviously as well, when you've got a couple of those attacking players going uh, as as they did on the weekend. Um, And again, away from home. That's another factor in this is obviously they're going to they're going to head to Stad Saputo for this match. So to do that in Halifax in an already tricky environment. Yeah, that's exactly what I think they needed going into this match.
1: Mitchell's piece is up on campiel.ca, getting you set for this, speaking to Tristan Henry, was obviously in the wrong end of the penalty shootout uh, last week, last season, as he obviously had to take one. Uh, some great stories and insight from that as well. And obviously some comments from David Schoenera and others. So you can check, catch that out on that one as we look ahead to that game tomorrow. Uh, Mitchell was also our man on the game again, and his run of unbelievable games <laughs> continues. This guy's got a brilliant streak right now uh, in, in the Canadian Premier League uh Mitchell you were on it and uh on the weekend you were in you were doing that game in Calgary as Calgary FC come from behind well, not from behind, but come from de- the depths of despair to score a goal in the 92nd minute and win a match they also got a penalty which Tommy Wilden Jr. said they never get and they got a late winner which they rarely ever get as well so uh, it was all coming up for Calgary as we play the highlights your thoughts on this one where you had to delete and replace everything for a late match report and then get it up there pretty special game
4: yeah, absolutely. I mean, these these match in ninety highlights start in the eighty second minute, which tells you everything you need to know about how chaotic <laughs> the end of this match was. Um, you know, I thought the I thought the match really changed in some ways um, with with the substitution of Charlie Trafford um, and, and just bringing in another attacking option who evidently won the penalty and then I mean Jonathan Siwaa. This is a footnote somehow in the match, but he saves another penalty and and Devin gets the rebound um and and obviously you know valor looked to have snatched what would have been a very big point for them um on the road at at Field, which is a difficult difficult place to go but as they did last week you know (laughs) yeah like you said delete and replace i mean every match i'm on with cavalry they seem to they seem to have some way to to change the storyline at the very end and um, yeah, Laja Adekubi, what a story for, for him to to score the winner here and a special moment for, for Cavalry in front of their home fans. Again, it's kind of similar building momentum for them as well as they go into a big Canadian championship match against Vancouver.
2: Yes, they absolutely do. And I think we'll talk about that in a sec. But uh, yeah, this was just, it, it feels like Cavalry do this all the time, right? In the CPL. <laughs> I mean, by the way, I don't, I don't want to, you know, overshadow anything no I don't think it was a penalty to be fair but anyway uh it's a great moment especially you know as you mentioned for Elijah Atakubi. I mean I know that you were obviously in the in the you know in the press conference after with what before your power went out but uh <laughs> just how, how what kind of a sense did you get about just how happy that club is and his teammates are for for him just because of what he's gone through with his injury and, and missing so many games for this club
4: yeah, I think Tommy Wilden Jr. is still asking or still waiting for me to ask a question as I <laughs> well while, uh, while he was in that press conference. But no, you could tell uh, w- what this meant to Elijah be getting pretty emotional with, obviously, the, the year he missed last year, um, you know, rupturing his Achilles in preseason. And it's just another one of those amazing stories, I think, for for Cavalry that seem to be building up every week. And I, I mean, we've talked about a lot of individual performances on on this show from from other teams but it seems like calvary have a new one each week i mean you know carducci yeah. mason moosey bevan klomp last week and then adekubi and, and trafford to some extent this week right um that's a that's a great storyline for them and a big reason why they're quickly moving up the canadian Premier league table
1: yeah, you could argue they have the greatest depth of all in the Canadian Premier League. They've had so many injuries and setbacks, right? And they, they continue to find ways to win games. Um, but we always root for stories and we root for good people. And you alluded to it, doesn't get much better than Elijah Adekubi smashing a 90 second winner. And we feel for valor, and they just probably didn't deserve to win the game. In fact, they didn't. Um, yeah. you, know, I, you know, I think they deserved at least a point from that. Um, but let's go back to Spruce Meadows and hear the reaction of the winner, goal scoring winner. Here's Elijah Adekubi
3: man, I just, I like blacked out when I scored. I can't even lie. Just so many emotions came through me. It's been such a long wait. I feel like i have like the last 18 months has tested me so much, man. And just to have that moment after, after everything, man, that means the world to me.
1: Before I throw to Tommy Weldon, Charlie, I want to throw to you because you spoke to Elijah in preseason. You've covered this guy yeah. more than us. This is just a, an incredible comeback story after a devastating injury
2: last year that took out the entire 2021 campaign. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. And as, as you said, I, I sat down with him in preseason and just got more of a sense of just what kind of a guy he is. And he's an incredible person. Just always been, even when he was injured, a massive leader in that locker room. You know, we've we, I can think back to 2019, and he really was in many ways the heart and soul of that club when they were, you know, topping the table in, in the, the fall and the spring seasons in 2019. He was, I think a lot of us forgot just how good he was as an actual player as right. well you know he was always one of the best movers of the ball in midfield in the entire CPL and and for Calgary to get him back and to have him you know fully around the locker room every game and on the pitch more often as well is just so so important for them and you know yeah i think we'll hear from Tommy as well but he's there's not a lot of players that he's happier for than Elijah Adekubi because he's just been so committed to that club and to the city of Calgary uh over the years that you know, it's it's really just an amazing story to see him back on the pitch and contributing as well. Not just you know there to get a couple minutes. He's a very very important player for this club. So the the healthier he can get, the better form he can get. Just the better for that team. Yeah, talking about stories. I mean, we all know how Cavalry season ended last season, right? The, it ended by the
1: mistake at the end, by allowing the goal to go in when they thought it hadn't gone over the line. It's been a mantra of theirs in the off-season, play to the whistle. And that was certainly on the mind after winning the game in the 92nd minute of their head coach, Tommy Wilden Jr.
5: Well, I've got to give credit to the lads. They they just don't have any quit in them. You know, it's not ideal when you, you can see the goal late, having just scored late. But they don't quit. We've seen it last week against Halifax. You know, it's a pattern that they'll keep playing until the final whistle. And we talked about this as something in the off season, play to the and whistle. And the boys are doing that. So I've got to give them credit because next man up, Elijah's had a long time out. You know, Charlie Trafford came in and made a huge difference winning as the penalty and driving to get us the assist and couldn't have happened to a better person for what he's been through. And that just shows the club culture. You know, we'll celebrate. I'm sure we'll get a slap on the wrist for celebrating. But our national team did it. And we felt because of the moment in him, we were going to celebrate those uh, small victories.
1: Why not? Just have some fun. Uh, there's yeah. a spirit to this team, Mitchell. No? I mean, I bring that up for the last question before we let you go. Uh, they got the Whitecaps. Caps. Uh, got the Whitecaps at home. We know their history against them in the 2019 um, they, they, there's a real spirit right now with this cavalry team that feel like that that will be a big, big part of their fuel against the Cats when their Canadian championship game on Wednesday.
4: Yeah, it's, it's a good point. I mean, I mentioned all those players and how they've stepped up throughout the season. And that's kind of been my necessity as well. I mean, you look at the number of players on this cavalry side that have got out injury in the, in the pre-match press conference, um, before valor you know tommy wilder jr was actually having a bit of difficulty like figuring out which of his players were out because there's so many on the long term injured reserve mason norman jr pebble missed out again this this week so um you know but they've been able to overcome and continue to next man up who's ever next in that lineup Uh, bradley vliet another fantastic performance this weekend coming in um as as a new signing and I, i think that belief helps you as a club where, you know, it doesn't matter who's beside you. It doesn't matter who's in the 11 on the day. You feel like you can get the job done and you feel like you have this system and this culture that can get wins. And yeah, I I think that going into a game against a very good Whitecaps club one, again, they have that belief because they know they can beat the Whitecaps. They've done it. And, you know, now they know they can win at home. They've done that a couple of times as well. And I, I think that, in terms of sides going into this match from the Canadian Premier League. You know, they're one of the ones best suited um, to, to get a bit of an upset victory here.
1: Yeah, if you're out in Calgary, it's not on the game of a hockey game. So you're fine. You can actually go and support your team as Bruce <laughs> Medals. It's not clashing with the Battle of Alberta. Uh, go support Cavalry as they try and knock out the Whitecaps in the Canadian Championship. Uh, Mitch, thanks for this. Appreciate it. Keep up the great work. And you're all over Forge on Wednesday night as well. We'll be recapping that with you another time. Thanks again, Mitchell Tierney. And we bring and we take out Mitchell and we bring in our man Benedict Rhodes because now it is time to recap um, Atletico Ottawa winning again and another great performance away from home. which we roll the highlights in this one. They went to Edmonton and they came away with a 2-1 win in this one. Benedict, did they
6: deserve it? And overall, what was your impressions of their performance? Yeah, overall, I do think they deserved the win. I think, you know, the, the number of chances they created in this game was was a lot more than Edmonton. As, as we see here for a lot of the first half, especially they were all over it. This chance here, Brian Wright will we'll probably think he should have scored from like, you know, four yards away. But... Um, Again, at Edmonton this season have shown that, you know, they're not going to be pushovers. They're not going to – despite the circumstances they're in, they're not going to be, you know, minnows in this league, It's probably a fair word to say. Like Alan Koch has said all season, like, they're in, they're in a tough position with, with their off-the-field situation. But, you know, this team is, has the fight and the desire in every single game to, you know, to, to push on and, and try to win games. And the, the issue now is it's kind of obvious, I guess, is just, you know, they often concede first and have to battle back. And and, right. and that's, a, that's a bit of an issue for them. And and obviously, you know, keep the ball out of the net is a, is a pretty obvious thing to say. But it's um, that's, that's been a bit of a difficulty for them so far this season and that's something they need to work on for sure.
2: Yeah, I, I think I, before we get a little bit more into Edmonton, I just want to stick on Ottawa for a second here. It feels like this is a game that maybe was a little bit different from, from some of their other performances where they're on the ball more, they're getting forward a little bit more. Ben, I I think you've obviously seen a lot of Atletico Ottawa this year. Are we seeing them maybe start to evolve and grow a little bit under Carlos Gonzalez? Obviously a new coach comes in, there's always, you know, going to be learning curves, but you know, they're not necessarily sitting in that low block as much as they used to. Right.
6: Yeah. I think last year uh, they they were inviting a lot of the pressure and being kind of more reactionary, but I think this year they're, they're trying to play on the front foot and, and trying to make things happen. And, and I think that's, that's been very beneficial And Ollie Bassett has been fantastic in midfield. He's, He's I think third in the league in, in chances created and and he's just been this sort of creative spark for them all season long and, and and a two-way player as well. He also leads the team in recoveries, I think as well. so he's he's kind of filling in both roles and, and allowing them to do that is, is allowing them to you know play on the ball, get the ball quickly, turn around and and break up the pitch. and I think that's something they tried to do last year, maybe we were unsuccessful in doing so and and then this year, you know, they have, the, they have the personnel to do so and, and they have the, you know, ability this year to actually, you know, go ahead and, and make these things happen.
1: Yeah, the only thing similar to last year is the kit they're playing in, no? I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> yeah. guys. They're a completely different team. The continuity is there in terms of selection. They they The game management is tremendous. The way that they stay in games, they they get leads and they a lot of times they keep leads. Um, The balance in what they play. And they've got right now, as you alluded to, a, a tremendous leader in terms of technical ability in, in, in Oli Bassett, who is without question one of the best players in the league right now on, on current form. You alluded to it, Bennett. You put all the stats in there. Uh, this is a team that anybody who made the playoffs last year, who made the top four, is thinking, we cannot rest on our laurels because they're coming fast. This is the team right now you go, uh-oh, this team thinks they could they, – they play almost every week you know again we make the the, the, the thing we say every week if we forget the 6-1 every week they look like a playoff team every week um and they you know they they're, they're heading that way so you, you know you got to be careful if you're a team that didn't that uh before we get more into this team with benedict let's go back for some reactions clock stadium here is their head coach carlos gonzalez Thanks.
7: Well, I think it's so important. It never is easy to, to have a win on the road after a long trip. Uh, we were doing things good in the, in the last few games and we didn't have the, the best result. And, and today we did good things in the second half and uh, we deserved the, the winning. So we're happy for that.
1: Is certainly making a difference uh, in this team. And, uh, you know, they get a fresh week. No no Canadian Championship, I'm sure. Some of the comments had alluded to. I think we had a few comments model fans saying they wish they were playing in it. Uh, they didn't. They got knocked out by York United, but they get a fresh week. And uh, I think that will help them. And as, as I said, the lack of rotation and the real linchpins in that team is certainly helping. Um, before we let you go, Benedict, let's talk a little bit about FC Edmonton before we get your take on them. Here is their reaction to their boss. You go back to F- FC Edmonton. Uh, is their head coach, Alan Koch.
7: Honestly, I'm proud of our club. I'm proud of our team. I'm proud of our supporters. I'm proud of what we're doing for the league. To be brutally honest, we come to work. We put our heads down. We work incredibly hard. I don't think anybody respects us clearly, as you can hear. Um, Yeah, I'm very proud of the group that we have. We're, We're close, and I hope we can get over the hump fairly
1: soon. Alan Koch referring to Atletico Ottawa fan, uh, players celebrating right close to the press center uh, yeah. there. Uh, talking about fans, Alfonso Davies was there. He was fan. He was a fan of Edmonton before he went and cheered on his Oilers and saw Van der Kane score a hat-trick there. So at least he got a win from one of his Edmonton teams. Uh, this Edmonton team, they're the youngest team in the league. Um, obviously, they've been through so much upheaval. It's difficult. They still haven't got their win. But, Benedict, they're in every game. They're in every game almost, right? I mean, this again. That Wascsi well, gets the goal. There's, you know, question marks about was it a penalty? Was it not? You know, things like that are not going their way right now. Um, but they're not getting blown out.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Not Alan Cox said himself, like, no, sometimes it's just it's just a matter of bad luck between them, you know, tying or winning or losing these games, right? Like, uh, he he thought it wasn't a penalty uh, on on the second Ottawa goal. I think I agree with him on that one. Um, and and like you said, they're they're not being blown out at all. Like they're they're in every game. They. Think, the issue is maybe they're not you know taking advantage of the opportunities they do have and i think they there's a few in this game for example when you know one example is when Shom played Mamadi Kamara through on goal and, and he kind of just scuffed his shot wide but he you know they're getting into these positions they just need to make the most of them and, and that'll be the difference between you know drawing a game or losing a game or winning a game and, and i think i think the first win is close i think they're they're they keep improving every week as they kind of get more familiar with each other and any you of know, these young players and learn how to play at the professional level because many of them haven't before. Um but as, as the games go by, I think they're becoming a better team and, and a better unit as well. Sounds good. Yeah,
2: sorry, go ahead, Charlie. Yeah, no, I I just I think obviously it's it's another result that doesn't go their way. And that, that, that like when they continue to build up like that, it's very difficult to to sift through them. But I genuinely thought that Edmonton had some good moments in this game. Mm. You know, I think they they had 10 shots. Toby Worshewski is alone had five of them. He's he continues to just be an absolute workhorse for that club, and he's you know at times just willing them up the pitch. But you know that that attack that they had, you know, Gabby Batar had six successful dribbles in this game. That is a lot. You usually don't see. Really good player. He's a great player. Great player. He was great at the U Sports level. He mm-hmm. comes to Edmonton and and he's been you know very very committed to to what Alan Koch is asking him to do in all sorts of different positions as well because he was a striker in university yeah. and now he's just really wherever they need him. Uh, this Edmonton team does have that quality on the counter attack, And I think some of them, you know, they didn't go in a net in this game, but for them to be getting there, eventually they are going to go in more often. You know, and Veiklet as well. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> do have Veiklet at the back and that helps as well. But uh, yeah, I, it, again, it's, it's always tough to, to be particularly impressed with a team after they lose a game like that. Uh, but I I genuinely thought that there were some very good moments for them on the counter-attack, and I think it will be a matter of time before a few more of them start going in the net. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Arthur in the chat asks, are
1: we a sleeping giant in the CPL referring to Atletico Ottawa? Potentially, Uh, but question marks whether you're actually still sleeping because everyone's aware of you now. Uh, Benedict, thanks so much for your time, man. Keep up your great work. CampPL.ca, I know you're all over uh, lots of games this week, including Calvary against the Whitecaps, so we'll be catching your recap on all that as well. Uh, Thanks again. Benedict Rhodes uh, covering FC Edmonton versus Atletico Ottawa. Let's bring in Alex now to recap the final game of the CPL and also get his some kind of a little bit of insight onto the Whitecaps as well. Alex, great to see you, my man. Let's talk a little bit before we get to the week ahead about what you were at, uh, what you did on Friday. Um, A goalless draw in the end uh, as the champs were held to a a nil-nil draw by the best defensive team in the the league right now, York United, a tremendous defensively. What were your overall thoughts on this one? Disjointed affair not helped, I suppose, by... Pacific losing three injuries in the first half.
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, whenever you see Pacific host a a game, last thing you expect is a nil-nil draw. But uh, full credit to York heading into the game. They were the best defensive team. They still are after a a strong and defensive performance. Just allowed a couple of shots. I think 0.5 xG against for which for a Pacific team that's been, you know, they're they're miles away the best expected goals team. Uh, Heading into the game, they were the, the best actual goals team. Uh, for, for for York, it was a huge road point, and I think for 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 Pacific as well, it was a bit of a tough game in the fact that you you, you lose, you know, that that kind of that first home game where you drop points, uh, you, you you lose some key players to to injuries. Uh, it, it was a tough game for Pacific, but at the same time, I was very interested by their perspective. They seemed fine uh, you know, with the result, they thought they played relatively well, and, and this is a good York side, and I think ahead of their their Canadian Championship. Uh, you know, match this, it, it has made that one so much more interesting because we really are starting to see what this York team is going to become under Martin Nash, and that is very solid at the back. And now it's just a matter of figuring out these offensive players that they have, how to get the most out of them. But that back four plus Nico plus as we see in goal, there it's a very solid unit, and we're, we're seeing how they were able to handle uh, the, the champions and the best offense with ease, which was uh, something we haven't seen often this year.
2: Yeah, I was I was impressed by the way York played in this game. I mean, to go to Pacific and to outshoot the champions, to win more duels than the champions, to you know hold them again to a clean sheet. Which, a uh, friend of the podcast, Nico Giantsopoulos, is in the chat here asking us to hype him up great game from him but we're going to speak to him in a minute anyway uh, <laughs> really yeah he's not really asking that it's just charlie just uh you know just uh, trying to get on his side nico would never do that yeah. He's, he's, he's <laughs> modest. but yeah yeah as as you said alex just the way that york are defending and the consistency with which they do so you know they have they've got fullbacks that they love to get up the pitch especially D and and when you have players like that you need your center backs to be so solid, and you need your midfielders in front of them to be very solid and cover that space as well. So, just I've I've personally been very impressed with kind of the, the tactical evolution of this side as well, right, ox
5: Yeah, I think that's been the, the big thing to to watch under Martin Ash, that kind of cavalry esque defensive solidity he's brought over, obviously from his time under Tommy Wheeldon Jr. I just. The, the core of centre-backs, Dominic Zator, Jordan Wilson, Roger Thompson. When they're on the pitch together, fantastic. You know what you're going to get. Zator continues to be a great addition uh, from a, you know, a couple years now ago, uh, ago now. He's just so rock-solid, big, uh, commanding in the air. Great with the ball at his feet as well in terms of just switching play and opening things up for York. And then you just kind of add those little tactical tweaks. For one, I love how Kristinovich Ensa's role has developed immensely. When he burst into the league, it was kind of a, a bombastic, attacking fullback and now he has such maturity in his game where he's always tucking inside kind of, you know, covering for Abzi, pushing up the field sometimes. Heck, he gets forward as well as uh, on occasion and, and makes things happen. I think those th- those are those are key. And then you just move up to the, the field and the work that Noah Verhoeven and Cedric Toussaint do in front of them in that that double pivot. That's the exact sort of solidity you need in a team. And, and it was interesting to hear Martin Nash because I kind of asked him about it. I was like, you're, you're, you're the best defensive team in, in the league. Uh, what has worked for you? And one of the first things he, he said was, the teams that he said has have done well in the CPL have always been very good defensively so that was that said he was that was item number 1 on his list when he came in as a head coach was to improve that because york we'd always seen the goals we'd always see them have have fun in games as a young team but defensively they weren't always there this has been night and day from from last year so if they can find a way to get the goals going on top of that no one's going to want to start to play york going forward
1: yeah, I feel like I feel like we were really early on this train. By the way, guys, I feel like we we picked the oak Green very good, and you could see the improvement very early in the season. Uh, I'm with you on Enser again, and, and he's been on team of the week this week. That'll be released this afternoon. And uh, Alex, great to see that you're on board with Meiser Tour top defender in the league so far. Train, so welcome aboard. There's going to be lots of people piling on. He's been magnificent as well. Um, uh, let's go back to Starlight Stadium and get some reaction. Here's the thoughts of the aforementioned Martin Nash.
6: Yeah, no, I thought
0: uh, coming into, like you say, they've been the top team in the league. They've been fantastic this year, especially at home. They're unbelievable at home, and, and uh, you know, I'm extremely pleased with the clean sheet because it's not easy um, to come here and, and stop that offense from scoring some, some talented players. And, but uh, I think, you know, both teams are really physical. Both teams wanted to win, and um, they battled it out. So uh, it's good to see you, you want to see tough competitive matches, and... Um, it, it was kind of on the edge a little bit, but you saw two teams that really wanted
1: to win. I like the edginess. I think there's a bit of spice there from something that happened in preseason as well. That certainly helps get the rivalries going. Um, let's switch gears quickly before we bring in Nico uh, for the Pacific side. It's good news. Alex reported this. It doesn't feel like Manny Apricio is long-term. We all feared that with some of the significant knee injuries that have happened this season. Uh, we had Manny on the show last week, arguably one of the best, if not the best player in the Canadian Premier League so far on current form it seems more like days slash weeks rather than months which is fantastic news uh, best wishes to him and the other players sean young and uh, other players that you know need to get quickly recovered um but yeah let's get into pacific before we get alex's thoughts on that ahead of their the cup clash uh, and their rematch let's go back to starlight stadium in reaction with their boss here's james merman
5: yeah
2: i thought it was a very physical match good intensity good game um from the start right through to the finish and uh was very happy with our performance and how we dealt with the injuries in the first half and how we came together as a team. And it, we had a lot of very, very good performances from players in our group that had to play out of position. So um, I thought it was an excellent game from, from our group from, as a team.
1: So Alex, watching every Pacific game so far that you've seen, uh, and I know they were disjointed with the injuries. But and again, this is more of a York-focused question on Pacific. Pacific, I would imagine, over the last two or three days, have worked a lot harder on their attack in play to try and break this team down And going into the cup game tonight.
5: Yeah, for sure. I think they, they got a good taste of what it takes to beat York. They're going to be solid. They're not going to make many mistakes. Uh, Pacific are going to have to be more... Clinical, almost, which it feels weird to say, but I mean, you look at the advanced numbers. I think they're up to to 13 and a half expected goals, yet they just uh, they've underperformed that by two or three. So they 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 keep leaving chances wanting in games, and they had a moment. I, I mean, Alejandro Diaz could have nestled his sixth goal into the top corner if it weren't for a phenomenal. Top class block from Roger Thompson that really saved the, the the game for for York. So I think Pacific, seeing what they they saw in this game from their perspective, I think they'll want to be stronger in midfield. I think really through Toussaint and Verhoven, uh, you know York really didn't give away much territory to Pacific. I don't think it helped. They lost Aparicio so early to be fair. And I think right. it'll be interesting to see what mm-hmm. they choose to do. Uh, you know, if Matthew Baldissimo will be back in time uh, for this game, obviously, so you know, his family has been dealing with some, uh, some unfortunate stuff. So hopefully everything is good with him and he's able to come back. If not now with Sean Young injured with Manny uh, Aparicio, unlikely to play, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the midfield. Cause I think that was really the biggest area. It kind of cut the supply of Bustos' D and heard more than they would have liked and you could kind of see that with the frustration Hurd in particular was was dealing with so if they can feed those three get a little more going in midfield and just be clinical with their cutbacks their quick shots uh, because that's what it's going to take because it's the defense is so solid and if you get past somehow get past that I mean Nico's giant Sopolis also made some big saves uh, as well so it's going to take perfection it's going to take clinical and it's going to start in the midfield in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Canadian soccer fans do not sleep on this game. I know Charlie and I are in Halifax. It's CPL versus MLS. We've got two more CPL versus MLS tomorrow night in the quarterfinals. But tonight we have CPL versus CPL. It is a massive game. It is a massive, massive game. Pacific against your semifinal spot to get to. And then who knows after that. And as you alluded to, Alex, great setup. It's a lot of storylines. They just played each other. York have stayed out there they don't fear anybody defensively uh they've been a- a- excellent and they've got goal scorers so this is gonna be a good one and Alex as usual you're gonna be all over it for us as well so we'll look forward to your analysis campier.ca as usual and all over social media uh Alex where can people find your work and uh, remind people of your socials as well
5: yeah, I mean, you can find me on, on Twitter at Alex Gange Ruzik. Uh, should be out there, knock on wood, uh, tonight at Starlight Stadium. Uh, we'll head out over there and hopefully make, make it out there all right. I'm excited. It should be a good game. Like, like you mentioned, Christian, no reason to to sleep on this one. Great game as well over over in Halifax. I'll be tweeting through it. All my, my written work will, will be fine there, found on Twitter. So uh, make sure to check that out. Great stuff as usual. Thanks again, Alex. Appreciate it. We'll chat with you next right. week.
1: Great stuff. Uh, All right. Let's have another substitution. One guest out, one guest in. Alex is out. And let's bring in the busiest man of the weekend. No doubt about it. Nico Gianzopoulos, who's made it back uh, to the island after a a whirlwind uh, three or four days.
7: Nico, great to see you, my man. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I feel good. I'm not as tired as people may think, although I've been getting (laughs) that question since I've entered this hotel.
1: We we will we, we will not ask you whether you're tired because uh, this is why you live for these moments. No, let's 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 do this in a little bit of a chronological way. Uh, for those who aren't aware, Nico Giannopoulos played Friday night for York United. He got his clean sheet again, another great performance, and then was loaned to the Vancouver Whitecaps for forty eight hours. Uh, was part of their trip down to Charlotte, and then is back for the Canadian Championship tonight. But so, Nico, talk us through this. You know, when did you start getting a little bit of a, a a little bit of a wind of it? And then di- how quickly did it go from a rumor to this is definitely happening?
7: Yeah, very quick. Uh, I think it was maybe around one o'clock here. Uh, me and Zatz were roommates. So we were kind of getting ready to go for a pregame uh, nap. And then he rolled over. He goes, oh, you should uh, give Whitecaps a call. Like their goalies are uh, are <laughs> out for the game and all that. And they don't have anyone. I go, oh, that's that's weird. I sent like a funny text to Angus. And then I went to sleep. And then maybe an hour later, I I woke up, and I have Angus McNabb calling me. I answer that, because you always answer the boss. Um, And you go, what's going on? He goes, yeah, like, you know, this might actually happen. Um, Asked me a couple questions. Asked me if I had my passport, uh, which I didn't. Uh (laughs) Because who flies with a passport when you fly domestically? Uh, Tips for any kids out there, fly with your passport. Um, uh, And then I went back to bed. Uh, and then it kind of picked up from there, maybe within 30 minutes, uh, he's like, okay, what Jersey number would you want if, if you, uh, want, uh, is there any way of getting into your apartment, into Toronto to get your passports? Um, and then we had a pregame meal at, at three 30. And then I think at three, like 20, uh, I got sent like a loan contract, uh, from the white caps, just saying like, Hey, sign it. Uh, it's kind of happening so after that i turned off my phone uh, i just told alex our team manager here like hey text me if you guys get my passport but i don't really want to talk about anything because we had the game at seven here yeah. and i knew i was going to play that so i turned off my phone after that and then just tried to lock into the game and then uh, apparently you tweeted at kj before our kickoff that it all went through and then it was actually mark village uh there was like an injury. And then he came up to me and he goes, Hey, like congrats on everything. I go, Oh, like, did it go through? And he goes, yeah, yeah. Like it's tweeted. <laughs> oh, cool. Like, thanks man. And then again, just tried to walk in. And then by the time I got to my phone after the game, it was, it was the real deal. And then you might've thought it was done by then, but I had to jump through a lot more hoops even after the game to, to arrive in Charlotte uh, with the team. But that's kind of how it all broke down.
1: Wow. That's amazing. That's
7: incredible. When, when, there... yeah, actually, sorry. When did, how did you get your passport? Yeah. So uh, this is like what I really wanted to say when I knew I was coming on the show. I want to thank York specifically. I mean, obviously everyone at York was, was awesome in getting this thing done, but Brittany Arner, I believe is head of ticketing sales at York. Yeah. She was in Toronto. They got her a ticket. So Alex Bazzari's mom, he has a spare key to all like the units in Toronto. So she went into my unit, got my passport, gave it to Brittany. And then Brittany flew like on like minutes notice all the way to Vancouver. And I met her in Vancouver Saturday morning at the airport. She gave me the passport and then she flew back home. So like, I got to thank her. Like if she's watching this, please cut this up into a clip. So she gets this like, honestly, one of the sweetest ladies in the club. But thank you so much for, for getting me my passport. And again, it just shows like how tight we are as a as a club and really, everyone helped out to to get this thing done she even that's wrote cool. me a nice little card it's somewhere in here but again that's nice awesome. lady amazing i go ahead charlie
2: yeah no, i just i that is that is amazing it's definitely a, a fantastic story and just to see the how excited the club was for you to have this opportunity as well how well so but uh so from there you know you you said you met her in vancouver on saturday you fled direct to charlotte
7: from there <laughs> I wish not quite uh, no not quite I went my flights were from Victoria to Vancouver Vancouver to Minneapolis uh and Minneapolis to Charlotte um and I met up with a team uh, rep uh Quinn his name was uh at uh, in Vancouver and actually Axel uh, the GM uh, was also there as well so we flew together uh to Charlotte uh, but we had, we had those transfers along the way
1: wow that's mm-hmm. incredible so you you eventually arrive in charlotte and you joined the team what was it like nico obviously did you know at that point you were going to be on the bench did you think you were starting talk us through that process and how you, they, they
7: they incorporated you into the team atmosphere yeah so i arrived at the team hotel at, at midnight charlotte time uh so you can imagine that every, all the players were asleep uh, but it was kind of cool that the head coach Vanny was there like right when i walked into the the hotel like he gave me like a he's a hugger he gave me a big <laughs> hug uh he said welcome to the team you know thank you for coming blah blah, blah. how was the flight he was very welcoming uh then I met a, another like player ops guy that was there as well they got me food uh, and, and then I kind of went to my room showered up and, and went to bed so I didn't really meet the team uh at that time it wasn't until breakfast the next morning that I met all the guys um I didn't know what, what the plan was, whether I was going to play, whether I was on the bench, anything. When I was flying, I was thinking, okay, just assume you're going to play because mm. it's easier to go from preparing to play than not preparing to play and then be played. Uh, so obviously I wanted to play, I was preparing to play. Uh, it was after the team meal that they just said, hey, this is what the plan is. Uh, Max is going to play, uh, be ready on the bench. He, he's kind of uh, battling with uh, an injury. And if anything uh, comes up, then uh, you're good to go. And, again, throughout the whole flight, when I spoke to Axel, when I spoke to the coach, I was always saying, like, listen, like, I'm ready, like, if you need me, like, uh, I'm here. That's why I came. I'm ready to play, all that. Like, I I tried, like, downplaying the travel. I'm like, no, 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 like, it's fine. Like, I'm used to this. This is all good. Um, And then, yeah, that's how I kind of found out I was going to be on the bench. Uh, And then from there, I was just uh, following along the whole uh, schedule with the team awesome
1: stuff that's amazing i i want to ask you like was there anything different about the environment obviously the stadium was great right it's a massive stadium the noise and everything like um and the reason why I ask you is because I do it to complement the CPL, but also to speak about the professionalism of MLS. You know, Nico, we don't, we don't hide it here. You know, a lot of our players want to go on and play in bigger areas. I know that you're good enough and you have the ambitions and aspirations to do that yourself one day. Like, these things can lead to other things, right? You might be a Whitecaps player. You might be an MLS player. Your name is out there now. You know, what did you feel like when you got there? I mean, you're playing, you're playing professional soccer for York United and the Canadian Premier League. Did it feel much different? Did you feel any nerves the
7: moment you go out for warm-ups? Talk us through it no no no. like definitely no nerves like i was really excited if anything i was a bit like down because i just really wanted to play like that's kind of why i play soccer it's just all fun for me and a chance to play in a stadium like that like it it would just would have been a wicked experience uh so definitely no nerves but yeah like how would i feel it was like all like my american friends were like messaging me and stuff like that and asking me what it was like i'm like it's kind of like i got like a 10-day contract in the nba like getting called up from like the g league to the NBA or like, you know, triple A baseball to the, the MLB. Um, you could tell like the level of professionalism. It's like the next step up, you know, The mm-hmm. even like how big of a staff they, they travel with and all that. Um, but again, my day-to-day, like a game day, uh, day in the life was very similar to a game day, day in the life in the CPL, right? Like right. woke up, team breakfast, uh, we had an activation after that stretch, team walk in the city. Uh, then we had a tactical meeting which we do here at York. we break down, set pieces and all that, show in the hotel, uh, pre-game meal again, s- same basis you know you get your carbs, your protein uh, and all that and then pre-match meeting, again, same thing that we do thing then we go down to the to the stadium. like you said, bigger stadium, bigger fan base. Uh, we're rolling with a deeper crew. We had two buses instead of one that we usually do here in the CPO. Um, but again, all, all the same thing. Um, and th- it, again, it gives you that excitement. It's like, okay, like I want to be in this level next. And like you said, I think every single CPL player wants to make the jump to the MLS or, or even yeah. Europe and stuff like that. So once now I got like a little, very, very small, small, small taste of it, um, it now gives you that extra motivation to move on and try to get to that next step.
2: Yeah. I I think maybe my most important question here,
7: did you get to keep the jersey? Yeah, one sec.
2: <laughs> He's
1: gonna break down the jersey for us. He's actually got it in his room. <laughs> well, got to there's show there's us. actually there there's
7: actually there's actually a funny story for this. So obviously, I get the jersey and all, and then when I come in. Obviously everyone loves my last name. Uh, they're like, yeah, like giant sopless isn't gonna fit in the jersey because like <laughs> because it's so many letters, like normally you need like smaller yeah. like font size, but they didn't travel with that font size. So then they're like, like, what do you want to put on and like is Nico okay in the back of the jersey? And I've always fancied myself to be kind of like Brazilian. I'm close with Oliver Minatello, the, the Brazilian on the team. So when I got my first name on the back of the jersey, so uh it's kind of fitting uh like that. So yeah, I did get to keep the jersey. They also gave me uh, a second jersey as well. Uh, my college coach actually flew down from Michigan uh, oh, to wow. come to the game. Amazing. Uh, crazy, yeah, crazy enough. So uh, I gave uh, that jersey to him because, listen, he's been uh, there for me since since I started playing college ball, really. So uh, he definitely earned that jersey. And, uh, yeah, it was a cool experience to, to share with him and all my friends and family, obviously, uh, were watching back at home that's an
1: amazing story that's mean, I mean i was I, I was wondering if you're gonna tell me they put giants on the back of the jersey <laughs>
7: <laughs> well i was gonna say like i could get my instagram followers up i was just gonna put like at Nicolaios giants on it and maybe i get a couple more followers or something that's like right. that well, but, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll stick this video out there
1: hopefully this will get a bit more more of your followers Yeah, please well. share. sure i
0: could, I could
7: <laughs>
1: <laughs> listen one more for you and again uh, this is game day for you so we can't thank you enough for taking your time here yeah. What's the feeling like heading into this one? We're previewing the games. Charlie and I here in Halifax, we've, we've done a review on the show, but um, the culture of the team looks immense from outside, Nico. How's everyone feeling going into the
7: quarterfinal? No, we're a confident group. Uh, we're a young group. We're an exciting group. Uh, everyone's excited for this game. Again, this is a team like York uh, where every single game, it feels like we're like going into a war and everyone gets so hyped up, whether we're playing Pacific you know, who, whoever we're playing, we could be playing like a, a League One team in, in preseason. Like the guys get amped uh, to play any kind of game. I think that comes with being like a young team. Like they're just so excited. So uh, everyone's excited. They're, they're up for this game. Obviously, Cup football, you know, brings that extra bit of excitement. I heard it actually might rain here, maybe down here. So that just adds to the atmosphere. Uh, and we kind of like being on the road. I think we have that like crazy mentality. Uh, you know, like road dogs and stuff like that. So uh, we're excited, we're confident, uh, but obviously we know Pacific's a great team and they've uh, obviously have history in this tournament and they're also very good at home. So uh, we're up for it. And then again, we're just ready for a battle and hopefully we can put on a show for uh, everyone that's watching at home and everyone that comes to the stadium.
1: We'll be watching. And hey, if it gets to ninety minutes and you still draw, you've got some experience already as a shootout man. So you got you know you can help me from that from the last round as well. So that might help you on the penalties as well.
7: yeah no penalties are always a bit more fun right
1: yeah exactly
7: uh we had a lot of fun with you
1: nico thanks again for sharing some time with us today it's really really a special honor for us to talk to you on game day uh congrats again on a special moment hopefully it's just a taste of what's to come for you in your career yeah hopefully fingers crossed thanks again nico good luck tonight thanks guys peace thank you very much the great nico jansopolis just a tremendous storyteller charlie
2: i don't I don't want to get ahead of myself, and I'm sure that you know Nico and York aren't thinking about this. But if they can get by Pacific, and if the Whitecaps can get by Cavalry, yeah, that would be interesting. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Again, you can't thank Nico enough. That
1: was fantastic. Yeah, and and, and maybe the, maybe York, if they do get to that point, can make a jersey just with Nico on the back. For York yeah. as well, <laughs> just as a little little sign of uh, a little sign of thanks for everything that he did for them as well. Um, <laughs> thanks, to Nico Giansopoulos. Thanks to Benedict Rhodes, to Mitchell Teeny, uh, to Stephen Hart, Andre Rambersad. Some great guests again. A massive game ahead tonight. Uh, Halifax Wanderers playing Toronto FC World Live here in Halifax, and then that's live on One Soccer at uh, seven o'clock. You know, out here in Atlantic, 6 o'clock Eastern. Very important for those who are still watching to remind the time. And then 10 o'clock tonight, Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific. Um, as, as Nico said, they alluded to the other quarterfinal out there. Today, of course, is Pacific versus York United. And then tomorrow, two more clashes. CF Montreal take on Forge and a great game there. And then Cavalry take on the Whitecaps. Uh, before we leave, maybe we should put up the board. I think we have it of the, of the fixtures coming up this weekend. Uh, a reminder, the Canadian Premier League fixtures, just two games coming up this weekend. Lots of teams on, obviously coming off busy week. But Pacific are at home again as they take on Valor. Phil Santos goes back uh, to Pacific where he was knocked out himself last year in the Game Championship. And York United, who have been playing a lot of Friday night games, uh, get to host a game on Sunday as they welcome Cavalry uh, to Yorkland Stadium where they already beat them this season already as well so two games should be exciting to get on to, to, to review that as well and Charlie and Mitchell will be back next week to review those games and an action-packed weekend in the Canadian Championship Canadian week uh, this week they'll recap all four games as well in that one until then Charlie thanks for this man we'll see you at the Wanderers Grounds in a few hours absolutely can't wait thanks everybody enjoy the games God bless take care we'll see you soon
2: Alfonso Davies on hand for this match towards the back post look at that Finish from Schwannier. Welshman is the easiest finish of David
4: Schwannier's career. Basket, it's four! Giant Topless once again has to go up high.
1: Can Siwa find his fifth save? Bevin,
5: denies Siwa, rebound! Dutches a strike, Brian Wright.
2: Looking for the brace! Denied! That's off the hand of Trionta Philu, Ollie Bassett, and his perfect!